and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Dear, then he comes back to Sand. Oh, he scored! And now it's Dawson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I'm joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. And Ryan's with us as well, Ryan. How are you getting on? Yeah, really good, thanks. And live from his bathtub in Grand Canaria, Luke, how are you, mate? Ah, oh, living the life, Dean. Oh, living the life. Yeah, great. Great to see. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk through Dale's last two games, um, two victories. Away at Port Vale, a 3-2 win and a 1-0 home win over Tranmere. So we'll get straight on to that Port Vale game. And and overall, Ryan, it was a good away performance, wasn't it, in the end, even after a pretty shaky first 20 minutes? Yeah, pretty good. We won, didn't we? So it's it's always a, a good sign. I think uh, it was pretty open. I weren't expecting it to be so open. I thought they'd be a bit caged. I don't really know why. I think it's just, you know naturally what I expect Port Vale to be like historically, but um, pretty open game. Um, and yeah, what a solid performance because you can't go and concede two goals and expect to call it solid, but a good performance. We continue how we, we are doing. We look dangerous every single time we pass the halfway line and that can only be positive even away from home. We're not changing our style really at all. And um yeah, and another three points on the road, and, and yeah, we continue to form, don't we? And yeah, can't can't complain at all with it. Um, three good goals as well, very good goals. Um, so yeah, positive signs again. Jeff, sorry to come to you with with a few negatives, but I think we'll just get them out of the way before we get on to the rest of the rest of the game. That start was really worrying, wasn't it? It reminded me a little bit of of Harrogate, where we just didn't settle into the game whatsoever and ended up conceding. As a result of that, and to be honest, we probably could have conceded two or three in that first twenty minutes or so. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was awful, weren't it? Absolutely awful start. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't get why, and there must have been a reason for it, but I didn't get why Owen O'Connell was the left side of the back three, and Jim McNulty was the was the central one. Um, I didn't get that at all, and I think that hindered O'Connell's performance. Um, especially first half because he looked uncomfortable. Um, and to be fair, both defenders are always going to look uncomfortable when Jim's playing next to them. Um, but yeah, it was a really shaky start um, and th- we were lucky not to concede in the second minute when Proctor put that chance wide. Um, I've no idea where he misses that, to be perfectly honest with you. But yeah, it was a very shaky first 20 minutes but beyond that, I don't know whether it was a case of um, of Port Vale sitting back a little bit or I was just growing into the game. Uh, but after that 20 minutes, I thought we were we were outstanding. Um, but yeah, there's still defensive frailties there a little bit. But yeah, it was a it was an awful start, but we we got what we deserved in the end, I think. Yeah, Luke, just Chaff mentioned there that Prots have probably well definitely should have scored before. He did break the deadlock and then he got second in the second half as well. Um, I suppose the one worry would be that, again, we, we've struggled against another physical, experienced forward. And obviously, we don't want to focus too much on the on the negatives from what was an away win. But that is a worry because it's always been an issue for Dale, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I think, um, I mean, for what it's worth, I've always liked Proctor. He's kind of one of them low-league players who have always kind of been impressed with when he's played against us. Um and always a player that kind of, you know, one of them that you wouldn't mind seeing in a Dale top, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think I think what Proctor were doing, he was peeling off on Taylor a hell of a lot. Um, he probably looked at the our defence before the game and probably thought, I'm, I'm possibly going to have more luck with the most inexperienced defender. Um, I think if you throw the fact that Jim wasn't great either into the mix, um, it made him kind of, it made it as though that Port Vale were a hell of a lot more dangerous than what they were over the 90 minutes um, because it was all kind of condensed into the first 20. Um, 
But I think after that first 20 period, even though we did concede a goal again with Proctor scoring it, I don't think that was necessarily down to him kind of being, you know, bullying our defence or whatever. We kind of lost the ball, silly, you know, quite naively again. And um, I don't want to do it because I've been impressed by him so far this season, but I wasn't impressed again with Mauler's reaction when it came to us losing the ball. He was quite laboured in, in getting back. And it's kind of like, uh, I didn't pick up on it at the game, but when you watch it back on, on the highlights, it's kind of like bust a gut to get back in, sniff that danger because they are. this is a dangerous chance, you know, that's occurring. So um, I kind of want to see a reaction that's better. But um, yeah, I mean, I think with a back five, we we are better defending against the more physical striker. Um, we're minimising the, the opposition chances, it feels. Um, but I think in part as well, that's kind of because we're up at the other end. And like Rice said, we're that dangerous going forward. That gives that takes the pressure off the defence. They're not having to kind of deal with overloads and deal with kind of you know barrages of attacks because you know what we're actually good going the other way. We can keep the ball and manage the game well, which is what we had to do and what we finally did after the twenty minutes. Um, and I think just going back to the point that Chaff said with regards to why O'Connell may have played on the left hand side of a three, I think it was because O'Connell had a license to go forward. Um, he did go forward a lot, but he probably didn't find his feet to the second half. Um, and, and that did probably come at a point where he wasn't bombing on as much as what he was in the first half. But I think that was the idea behind it. You know, O'Connell, the best player on the ball, um, kind of getting forward, sneaking forward and, and kind of ghosting forward because it's unusual that a striker's going to track a centre-half that far up the pitch. Um, but I don't think it works because Jim definitely wasn't at his best. Um, I, I think as well, in terms of like Max Taylor being so young and inexperienced in the Football League, we had it last year as well with Hayden Roberts where he struggled against big physical sort of target men. How often when you're playing under-21s football or under-23s football, are you going to come up against somebody like an Akinde um, from last year and, and a Proctor from, from this year? They're not going to come up against them very often, so they are going to struggle with the lack of experience just because they, they, they've not played against those type of strikers very often, I wouldn't have thought. So a little bit of leeway for Max there because he's very young and that's he, he's going to get better. At, uh, he's just going to get better in general. He's going to get better at dealing with different kind of strikers to what he might, use, might be used to playing against. I think... Chaff's right there. I think the one thing that Taylor obviously has over Roberts, and I, I know we weren't necessarily comparing, but Taylor's got that physical, is at least tall and, and gangly. He's, he's going to, you know, in a couple of years, he's going to have put weight on and put some muscle on and he'll deal with it better. But what I would say is, similar to Luke, I don't think we'd struggled necessarily with the physicality. Um, you watch the goals and, yeah, it, he gets beat in the air for, for Proctor's first goal, but that sort of happens. At, we've seen Cashman score ahead of his season, so that just happens occasionally. I feel much better about it this season than I did last season, particularly when Dorset plays, because he's a big unit as well. And I think O'Connell in the middle, I think we touched on it last week, he, the way he's dealing with the young lads either side, I think I've been so impressed with it so far. We'll touch on, on Dorset in the Tranmere game later because he didn't play did he at Port Vale but I actually I actually felt he struggled a little bit with it on Saturday I thought the only time that we looked shaky were when they started playing balls down the wing in the latter stages and he was going up against uh, Nevitt as he called the, the young lad from Tranmere but we'll, we'll touch on the Tranmere game uh, later on um, right I'll come back to you we'll start looking at some of those positives from the from the Port Vale game and there were plenty of them um, not least JB's are getting off the mark in the league for the season not not with one, but with two really well taken headers. Yeah, really good goals. Both headers, are, you know, really, really good. Um, and I, I sort of, the goals sort of, in a weird way, sort of overshadow how well he played. Because it sounds like, oh, he's played well because he scored two. But if he'd not scored, he was superb last week. Um, just the way he runs the line, the way he, he you know, all four defenders, five at points are occupied by one man sometimes. And it's it's unbelievable. The amount, I'd love to see how much he runs in a game. And not only that, but how many sprints he does. 
because it's very rare he's jogging or ambling or he's always just full pelt air bearing everywhere and it's it's um it's unlike anything I think I've I've I'm struggling to think of anyone similar um who's done that kind of job but but also has got the knack of scoring goals as well and it's good to see him you know get the two goals and hopefully that kick starts something I know he didn't score against you know Tram May but he looked good again and, and hopefully he can get more than the 10 we're all expecting. I think we've all said he's probably not going to get more than 10 or 15, but, you know, let's hope he does because the work he puts in, he deserves it. And he was, he was, it was one of the standout performances I can remember from the last couple of years that he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and Chaff, those those two headers, um, they wouldn't have been there without two brilliant crosses from O'Keefe and Keohane and, and a brilliant assist from Cashman as well for Corey O'Keefe and, I think I tweeted that after the game that you'll struggle to see three better assists in the league too much um, than those three on last Saturday at Port Vale. Yeah, they were outstanding, weren't they? The ball from O'Keefe is absolutely perfect. The ball from Keohane on his wrong side is absolutely perfect. And the assist from Cashman is just ridiculous. The vision, just having the vision to see that that's, that's the run that's being made is impressive. But to actually ping it over to him and assist a goal, absolutely sensational. Um, we, I'm, I'll be amazed if we see a better pass than that all season. Um, it was phenomenal. The, and who'd have thought it? Get the ball in wide areas, get it into the box, and you may score every now and then. It's a revelation to us. <laughs> we, we never, we never did it last season. Um, and yeah, you play to your strengths and. You get rewarded for it sometimes. I think the the creativity that we've got in this side is fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. You've we've mentioned O'Keefe and we've mentioned Kiahan, and we've not even come on to to Wudu and Nubi yet. And the amount of creativity that we've got, and the, the fact that we're creating so many chances, like more than anybody else in the league, pretty much. Um, and now we're, we we do seem to be finding our feet in terms of converting those chances as well. So, yeah, the, the, the assists were ridiculous and it's really, really good to watch at the minute. I think just to come back on Beasley, I think Chaff's at the nail in my head. We didn't do it last season. Obviously, I was a bit of an advocate. I was an advocate for DBM and his style of play, but I think the system we're playing, almost playing with two wingers at points. And if you're not, you're playing with two inside forwards. And the width we create across the pitch, you can't do anything but cross the ball in. And that's what he, he's not going to be scoring one-on-ones and, you know, the cute little touch inside finishes because he's not good enough. What he's going to do is make, make a nuisance of himself, win the ball from crosses like he did do. And he's really good with his head and he'll get a couple of volleys and tappings and, I think he's more than capable of scoring more than 15 if we keep playing like we are. But it's sort of, we were screaming out for three of the back all season, weren't we, last season? So how different could that have been with him and Humphreys up front together in a 3-5-2? No, just saying, um, just going back to the O'Keefe goal as well, I don't think that run from O'Keefe is getting made if that player isn't enjoying his football. He's playing right wing back, yet he finds himself making a run across the back line. Um, to be picked out by a beautiful pass but that's not a right wing back to run that's someone who's playing with with freedom and enjoying himself and I think you know credit goes to O'Keefe for that um, and yeah it's just good to see kind of clearly the players have freedom um, I think Keir and O'Keefe they do actually find themselves coming inside a lot and creating little overloads in different parts of the pitch against the opposition I think I, I kind of noticed that more against Tranmere because um, I was watching it on iFollow um, but but yeah, I just kind of thought I'd mention that that run isn't getting made by someone who's not enjoying his football. That's for sure. That's someone who's thinking positive, playing on the front foot. And um, I think it shows, doesn't it? You can kind of see it in the, in, in his play. Yeah, I must admit, I noticed that on tra- against Tranmere as well. In the foot, because in the first half we were attacking the Sandy, and um, it was about thirty-five minutes in. I was like, Kilwain's not been in front of us the whole half, even though he's about to be playing left wing back. He was essentially playing in midfield, which was giving Dorset the room to run further up the pitch. It was giving um, room for Udu to drift wider. And it's great to see because that's a sign of a team that, that are confident in what they're doing and, and fluid, which is something that 
Um, we've maybe not seen a lot of from Dale Sides for quite a while, to be honest with you. Um, Luke, I'm going to come back to you for this one as well. Um, what, what are you feeling about the midfield partnership? Because I, I criticised Morley and Dooley after the Forest Green game, but and I, I know the goals, perhaps both of them could have done better for the second one, but I'm starting to see a little bit more from them in terms of winning the ball and in terms of them working as a tandem, if you like, so sort of one pushing forward and the other sitting in and, and playing that deep lying role. What have you made of them in the last few weeks? Yeah, it's it's been working, that's for sure. Um, it's not a central midfield pattern that you'd um, you probably put together, especially and, and probably a, a partnership that Stockdale wasn't really looking to put together. He kind of got you know he got in force and they've done that well that like they keep him in like Rob and and, um, and and Kelly out the team now. But um, it does seem to be working. I think Dooley deserves credit because basically because he's been criticised so heavily, he kind of deserves credit for doing doing well, I think. And um, they both passed the ball forward. They're, they're quite kind of forward-thinking midfielders. Um, I think there'll be games this season that we're going to struggle. We've got, like you just said there, we've got bodies in and around them, even though it's a midfield partnership. They've got they've got wing-backs that, that come inside. You've got the likes of Nubi and Udu who drop as well. Um, so it kind of... It's working as a partnership, but I feel as though against certain opposition, we will get exploited for how lightweight they are. Um, so it's probably just, you know, that'll be for the manager to kind of pick up on if it does occur. I'm just kind of predicting it. It might not, but um, they are, if you're going to look at the negatives of their games, you kind of, I always thought Morley needs someone who's going to be an animal next to him. And Dooley isn't an animal, but it's working. Um, and it sets our playoff. Dooley's got a great for such. That's something I've noticed. He's got a great first touch. And like I said, passing the ball forward, it makes a difference. But they've got help around him at the minute and things are going well. But as soon as the pitches start getting a little bit more bobbly, bobbly as soon as it starts getting a bit colder and, and whatnot, we might need to mix it up. The good thing is we've got players to mix it up with. So, you know, so far, so good for them and the team. Right, Ryan, do you think they've maybe benefited those two from having the three defenders behind them as well? Because it obviously offers that protection that that they've maybe not had when we've had a, a four four man defence and Molly's had to play as the, the deep line player. Yeah, I think so. I think but points last season where, you know, I thought the criticism of Molly was sort of uncalled for at point. It was there was never any doubt he was a quality player. He just wasn't being used properly. He's not having to do that defensive side now, where he, you know, last season he was sort of screening the strikers and whatever, that's not what he does. So having a free at the back, you can have one defender sort of behind him, one defender screening, and he could, he's got the licence to press. So I think um, I think they're benefiting from a system, there's no doubt about that. Um, and, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just before, just sorry, I will come back to you in a second. But Luke, do you want to explain to people listening at home exactly what your setup is right now? Because that's what we keep doing and why you keep hearing splashes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, it's a very professional setup. I'm sat in a um, in a jacuzzi bath on my balcony. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on oldie, by the way, not in Rochdale. <laughs> There's a picture from a few years ago when Paul Sturrock had been sacked by Southend, and he went he went and got um, interviewed, and he was like basically trying to live it up as a retired guy. He was interviewed from a jacuzzi, and that is the only thing <laughs> I can think about as I keep looking at him. <laughs> I'm about as fat as in there as well. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan, what you were saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, we're certainly benefiting from us. I think I sit behind my dugouts now, so that's a really good insight into what Stockdale and, and Shan do. And they're really keen for one of the newbie or Udu to go in. The, they're always shouting in the pocket, in the pocket. They always want one of them in the number 10. So, even though it's a midfield two, it's very it's often a midfield three, really, on and off the ball. Um, so yeah, I I think they're benefiting. I'm similar to Luke. I, there's points in games where I, I want it changed because um, there's points where I don't think it is working, particularly in transition, because none of them are particularly quick. Um, but you know, all in all, it, it's it's working pretty well and it, it's it's looking good for now. But I, I do expect either a Broadbent or a, a Kelly to come in for them at some point. I think they've done okay, but I'm still not sold 
on Stephen Dooley at all. And he's I know Luke said his first touch is excellent. There's times where it's horrendous. Um and both of them are guilty of conceding goals this season or being at fault for goals. Um and I think the stats the, the there's no doubt that Marley's stats are excellent. They they are from a from a passing perspective. Um that he's brilliant, but the stats don't show the whole picture. And I think Marley will benefit from having somebody with more quality next to him. So I'd be, as soon as Liam Kelly is match sharp, I think Kelly's a better player than what Dooley is. And I'd be looking to get Dooley in, uh, Dooley out and Kelly in. I think Kelly can do that role um, just as well, if not better than what, what Dooley can. Um, and the fact that you've both noticed what I've noticed as well, in that one of the one of the attacking or the wide so so-called wide players are, are always in a number ten role, because um, I've noticed that as well. It's almost like we're playing with two number tens playing off um, Beasley rather than them playing on on the wing because they they're not wingers; they're playing as number tens, the pair of them. And I think that will help Kelly come in because he's obviously very very technically good. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Kelly come in at some point for probably for Dooley over over Marley. But they, they've they've done all right, I think the pair of them. Yeah, I think that's that is the plan, isn't it? In the in the long term, you'd suspect, given Kelly's kind of reputation and pedigree. Um, but at the moment, you know, Kelly's probably trying to work his way up to match fitness, like you say. And I don't think either of them, um, I don't think either of them deserve to be left out at the moment. Um, but I'm sure at some point that, that could change. Uh, let's move on to the Tranmere game then. Um, Luke, I'll come to you because obviously you said earlier you, you watched it on iFollow. And I don't know if you got the same sense of the game that I did. But that first half, I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was really exciting and enjoyable. I thought the second half was as well. But the first half in particular was the most I've enjoyed watching Dale in a home game for quite a long time, actually. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, really good to watch. Uh, like I said, the only thing is, and again, we've said it a few times with the old games that we've had, we didn't quite capitalise on how good it was. Um, but at our time, um, yeah, I, I text Hudson kind of saying, look, you know, we can't, you can't fault how good we've been there. We've been really good. And um, in part, it was, again, without kind of meaning to go over all ground already, with Nubi and Udu as well, kind of playing as tens, the amount of time they were picking up the balls in real good areas. Um, and it, it, it's telling, you can see all, loads of Tramway players kind of in and around that area with their hands out as if to say, who's getting these, who's getting them? You know, is this a midfielder's job or is this a defender's job to go with? Because let's face it, Peter Clark didn't want to go, he wanted to go that high up pitch. Um, and it was just kind of really, you know, the, the word for me is fluid. It just The game just flowed for us really well and it just kind of felt all the way through that first half that it was only going to be a matter of time. Um, I know Tramere at the post, but, you know, they didn't earn that. You know, we were we earned that victory uh, on Saturday through how good we were. Um, and, and yeah, you know, as far as an enjoyment factor goes, uh, it's not just a Tramere game, even though I do agree with you, that first half was brilliant to watch. It is just great to be... I think sometimes, like I think I was kind of guilty of it in when it came to the back in BBM and and the style and whatnot. You just kind of get used to kind of being below par. I think so. Then if you do actually play all right, you kind of make a massive deal out of it. But um, I think so far this season, you know, I am genuinely enjoying um, you know watching us play and, and kind of you know seeing the link up, seeing the partnerships on the pitch that are developing as well. Because like we say, all right, maybe he's playing as a ten, but he's already kind of, you know, built up a good relationship with O'Keefe on the right-hand side when he does drift out wide. And um, likewise, with, with, with what Udu's doing. Um, and I think kind of that final, final phase, he's probably getting those kind of players then closer to Beasley um, for us to be really kind of, you know, for us to really kill something off. But kind of feels, you know, kind of feels like we're not far away of giving some team an absolute hiding. You know, kind of feels like, you know, we get that if we got an early goal, Within the first five ten minutes of the game, confidence is high. Got Oldham coming up, you know, uh, it's not a given, but it just kind of feels we're so close to absolutely spanking someone. Yeah, I was going to say 
there's a game a week on Saturday that I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind being the one where we absolutely batter someone. Yeah. Um, right, Udu for me was the standout man in that first half as well. I know he missed a couple of chances, didn't he? That he perhaps should have done better with. And I wonder if that's kind of the only thing missing from his game because aside from that, he absolutely ran the show in that first half, and that was why the Tranmere fans gave him that ovation as he walked past them uh, when he was subbed off later on. Yeah, first half he was electric, weren't he? Um, I don't know how he's missed the chance that he missed, but you just, I just, I said it last week, I love watching him play. He just looks like he just wants the ball and he loves having the ball. And, you know, sometimes he should pass it, but it's almost like when he gets a ball, that's it. And he, he don't want anybody else to have it, even if it's someone from our team. Um, but I, I love how direct he is and, he always wants to make something happen. Um, the positions on the pitch he pops up in, you know, one minute he's out on the touchline, the next minute he's at number 10. You know, he comes deep to get the ball for centre-back. So it's just... It, I can't... I'm struggling to rem- remember a player like him for us. Um, you'll probably say... He's probably nowhere near this good, but you'll probably say Paddy, as I can imagine being somewhere close to similar. But I can't. And... If he can carry on and get fit, because the positive was the first half, second half, he was clearly tired. His sort of impact on the game sort of was non-existent almost. But first half, you know, I mentioned Beasley earlier um, at Port Vale, but that was, you know, it's not often the opposition fans give an opposition player a standing ovation when we get subbed off. That tells you everything you need to know about his performance, particularly in the first half. He was, he was unbelievable. And if it can give us, you know, half of how good he was in that first half all season, it's going to be some player. I think we've got to realise how sort of inexperienced he is as well, um, Udo. And I think that sharpness and that end product will come. Um, he's unbelievable on the ball. He, he really is. He's he's exciting. Um, the the paddy comparison is a decent one in terms of actually carrying the ball. He, I don't think I've seen anybody better um, apart from Paddy. Um, but he's he's young. This is what his eighth ninth professional game, something like that, maybe ten. So. We, he's got a lot more football to play. Um, he's got a lot more football to play at, at this level yet. And I think we're just going to see him go from strength to strength. Um, I agree with you in, in that he was evidently very, very tired second half. And that's what's so good about having Cashman on the bench because it's it's like for like in terms of position, but this so different in terms of how they play the game. You've got Udu who just wants to run at players and cause problems that way. You've got Cashman who thinks about it and pops up and very much one-two passing and link-up play. And it just gives defenders an absolute headache, doesn't it? How, how do you defend against that when you have no idea what, what what's coming next? It's, it's brilliant to watch. There's a lot more to come from Udo as well. Um, and, yeah, I don't think we've even seen the best of him yet. So I was thinking, man, as, sort of as I were talking and then as Chaff were talking, do you think he's ahead of what Barr was? Because I know I know Barr scored goals and looked a bit more dangerous in front of goal, but I think Udu is more dangerous and carries a ball better and has more of an impact on games. What's the difference in age between them? Um, I think they're quite a similar age. Um, I think I think in terms of whether he's further along, yeah, he definitely impacts games more because I don't think. I don't think there's been a game that he's played in that he hasn't impacted yet, whereas with Barr, it was kind of, if you averaged it out, there was a lot towards the back end of last season where he might as well not have been on the pitch. And I don't think you're going to get that ever from Udu unless we're kind of under the caution, not getting the ball forward whatsoever. So um, which player would I rather have in my team right now? Udu, definitely. Which player will go further? It wouldn't surprise me if it was Barr, personally. I've just Googled it now. Uh, Udu's three years older than Barr. Oh, really? Believe it or not, yeah, Udu's 21. Oh, I um, know that. I thought he was really young. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's turned 21 in June. But uh, there's still an awful lot more football to come from that lad. 
Um, and I, I think he's he's he offers more than what Barr did on the pitch. Barr had glimpses of absolute magic. There's no denying that. Um, I've seen more in games this season than I did from from Barr last season on a consistency basis, I think. Yeah, I think that that uh, with the age difference kind of reinforces what what I was saying a second ago in terms of Udu is the player that I'd rather have right now, but still think there was there was more there was more potential from Bar. I think with the right in the right environment, he could turn into a real player, especially given that he's still what eighteen. Um, yeah, but it'll be, right. it'll be really exciting to watch a pair of them um, in the coming years. Um, Luke, I'll come to you on on um, on Dorset, who we mentioned earlier. Again, I thought. A little bit that he struggled in the second half in particular. I think Tramir kind of they, they, Tramir's Tramir had very little going forward and, and they were kind of relying on Nevitt, who's a, a young kid who's come from non-league. But I thought their only real outlet really was playing a, a, a long ball up to him and his physicality causing problems for Dorset. And it, I suppose it'll be a learning process for him, but he may have to be a little bit smarter when he comes up against, you know, more experienced players than that. Yeah, I mean, I noticed a couple. He, he did make a couple of uh, blunders uh, towards the end of the game when it was getting a bit kind of nervy. Um, I noticed that, but his general performance, I, I probably, to comment or not, I didn't really notice Dorset at all, really, other than him being um, a kind of an option in the formation. I thought that the, the left and the right centre half was were always an option for us to kind of build our attacks, which was good. And obviously Dorset was one of them. But I agree with you. I think he definitely kind of um he, he made a couple of blunders that we could have done without, I think, um towards the end of the game because it just created more pressure uh, for us. But let's put that down so it was kind of hanging on to a lead and uh, and him being inexperienced, I suppose. Um again, going back to the point around, you know, these these defenders, players in general that are coming from kind of youth football the way it's going these days, even like the rules with regards to kind of heading a ball and whatnot at, at, at youth football level, um, they're not used to coming up against kind of players that have actually maybe come through the hard way, like Nesbitt has, um, if I'm pronouncing his name right, where he's actually come from a low-level non-league. And in many in many ways, it did show because he was, um, he was very... He was hustle and bustle, but without doing a lot much more than that. He was quite, he was quite dirty. I thought he, he left, he left his foot in a hell of a lot, um, you know. And he, he wanted to kind of make his presence known, that's for sure, but probably in the wrong way. Um, and this is, you know, these, especially playing in League Two, you're gonna have to learn quick because there's still players like that in the game. Um, and I'm glad that there's players like that. You know, I'm glad that there's just a different type of player because one thing, if you're gonna criticize you football, is that they're all trained to just be robotic. I think in, in many aspects, you know, ball ball on the ground, you know, we pass the ball around at the back, we, you know, we build our attacks, we outnumber the opposition, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, sometimes, you know, there's there's great joy in watching a Beasley dominate a back line, like Ryan said at Port Vale away. There's 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 enjoyment that I get from watching that. Um, you know, the the, the Grant Old kind of striker. I think they're the best strikers that I enjoy watching. Um, I think the best strikers in the world have a bit have it have it all. You know, they have the ability, the Hurricanes and the Lewandowskis, they, they can kind of, not only are they foxes in boxes, but they're, abs- they're general all-round plays really good. And, you know, if all they had was a target man ability, then they'd still be deemed really good players because they've got it all. And I think you do need it all. You do need to have that experience to kind of become a better player. But as soon as an error from a Dorset or an error from a Taylor uh, leads to a goal that can kind of, you know, lead to losing a game, um. I think we can forgive it and we can be accepting of that as fans because we know where we're at and we know where these players are at. Um, but can they forgive themselves and actually move forward and become better players as a result of it? And that's what you want to see in the younger players. You want to see that progression as well. Um, so next time rolling on to a game, let's see kind of what the composure is like in, in those players and, you know, Dorset. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, especially given um, the own goal from Taylor the other week because I think... His, his response to that within the game against Colchester was good. Um, and I think his response in every game since has been good as well, which is really encouraging to see. Um, whether you think it was his fault or not, I suppose. Because he definitely thought it was his fault when he went and apologised to the Sandy towards the end of the game. Um, right, I'll come back to you on uh, on Owen O'Connell. I mean, we're going we're gonna to say the same question, I think, every single time. But 
there can't be a better defender in League Two than that guy, can there? What a, what a player and what another great performance from him on Saturday. Yeah, he's, he's just so... Can you get my answer from last week? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just... I said the same last week. You can just repeat that because he was... Again, it can't be underestimated the job that he's got to do because he's got two inexperienced centre-backs next to him. He's got two... Well, one pretty inexperienced centre midfielder and then one player who's not a centre midfielder in front of him. And then the goalkeeper behind him's changed a couple of times this season already. And the job he's doing is... There were sort of times where I questioned his leadership ability. He didn't look like a shouter, you know, a random raver. But this season, he's he's coming to his own. And I think the way he's captained the side is so mature for this level of football. Um, and you sort of looked at your Peter Clarks of this world. He's, he's captain because he shouts at referees and he, he'll shout and ball and rant and rave at everybody. Owen O'Connell's so calm in everything he does. It must be a joy to play with him and, and, and work with him because he's destined for bigger things in Rochdale, let's be honest. Um, I hope he... I mean, I hope he isn't, but I hope he is at the same time because I'd love to see him at a better level. Um, but yeah, he was just... He, he were outstanding. He didn't give the strikers a sniff um, and he's work on the ball. It's just... is a joy, is to watch and you don't often say that about centre-backs. And Chav, I'll come to you on Joel Coleman. Um, clean sheet for him on Saturday. couple of moments where he maybe could have done better with crosses into the box, but generally a good performance from him. Do you think the gloves are his to lose now? I do. Um, I think we expected that when he signed as well, that it would only take either an injury or one mistake before he was going to be given a chance because he's obviously stopped they'll sign him. Um, in terms of a, being slightly shaky... I also thought there were at least three or four balls that he came for that Lynch doesn't come for at all and got there and dealt with them um, perfectly well. Um, and just from a, just from watching, I, I'm more confident with Coleman in the net, um, even though there have been a, a couple of, of, of shaky moments. I've not seen anything that, that worries me. Um, and he's... He's, he's coming for a lot more than what than what Lynch would, and he's a bigger presence. Um, we saw it in that um, was it the save at the end of the Tranmere game? Was it the Tranmere game? Uh, no, sorry. Do you mean the one the one oh. against Colchester? It might have been yeah, Colchester. Sorry, um, the, the the save at the end of that where he's just come out and he's made himself big is superb, and I'm not sure Lynch even comes out for that. So. I'm I'm more confident with Coleman in the net, and I think he's made a really solid start to his Rochdale career. And I hope it's beyond a year that we that we get out of him. And Luke, a word for Danny Cashman as well. Came on off the bench last week and got the assist for O'Keefe's goal. Came on off the bench and got the winner against Tranmere. I mean, it's hard to keep him out of the team, but it's a case of who do you drop if you want to start him at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It- yeah, um, what do you do? Uh, I think it, he's earned the right to start, um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's on the bench on Saturday again. Um, but he's making an impact every time he's coming on the pitch, and uh, like Chaff said, he's just what's good is he isn't like for like with regards to what we've got. He's a little bit different. He's a little bit kind of he is someone that that will pick up the ball in the pockets, but. Um, he can, and he can definitely pick a pass. Um, and he took his goal really well. Good first touch, really good, created the goal and, and kind of, you know, poking the goal with his right foot, even though the ball's rolling across his left, if that makes sense, because there was a defender coming across. Um, so it was just instinctive and it was good. And I've been impressed by him. Um, I think I said it to you guys, like, I, 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 sometimes I could probably maybe look into things a little bit too much, but when it comes to listening to the player interviews when they join the club or, you know, post-match, whatever it is, I kind of, that's one criticism I have. I, I, the players don't seem to have much personality in front of the camera. Not everyone will, and like, you know, it might not be seen as like a massive part, but you're kind of sussing out the character and the personality of players because 
you know, like Ryan said about O'Connell, you know, and he, the leadership qualities, that's something that I think we need in, in the team for sure. And, you know, you look at players like O'Connell, who's going to, you know, be a leader. I think Beasley's a leader at the top of the pitch, even though he isn't most vocal, he just lead by example. I think O'Keefe's a leader. I think he's a winner, even though you don't like associate him with kind of talking and whatnot. And I know I'm going off on a tangent, but what I'm trying to say is Cashman was, was one of those players that came in and I thought, you know what, yeah, he's got a bit about him. He clearly fancies himself a little bit, I think. But I don't mind that. There's confidence there and um, there's a bit of personality. So he comes across well and, um, you know, he's something different. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to him. It's just, I think, you know, nine times out of ten, you're starting after coming off the bench twice, setting up the winner and then scoring scoring a winner as well. And here we are, like, I'm thinking... I'm thinking he's not going to start against Mansfield, which is it's bizarre, really. But um, I, I, selfishly, I'm, I'm quite, I'd be quite happy if he kind of stayed with Udo and Newby because they are our own, and that's the only difference. They are our players rather than kind of someone on loan from another club. But I'm liking him, I'm liking his character, and um, you know, it's just good to know that we've got options. And um, the player I was most excited about this season, we've not even seen much off in Grant, you know, so um. And Grant's coming on and, and, and making an impact in his own way. He's, you know, it's not like he's kind of not doing anything at all. It's just, it's just good times. It's, you know, I think that's kind of the part of the pitch where we're kind of definitely, you know, that's definitely the strongest part of the pitch in, in those areas. Yeah, right. I mean, the atmosphere after that goal went in on Saturday was great. The atmosphere, pretty much all game at Port Vale was excellent as well. It's just, uh, it's really good to see the players kind of reveling in that and, and really enjoying the celebrations with the with the fans and what have you at the end of these games as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I, I weren't at Port Vale, I was away, but I watched it on iFollow, but I couldn't hear it. But you can tell with, like you said, you can tell with the celebrations and the way they went over at the end. But then I've been to, you know, most of the away games this season and it's been really good to be back. And I think we've always had good away support. But I think Saturday, once we'd scored, it's one of the best atmospheres at, home I think I've I've experienced for a long time I think being in the main stand you get to hear it all because obviously the main stand's not that but you sort of both sides singing in unison and it were really good to hear um, I actually really enjoyed Saturday the game and the atmosphere I thought the Tranmere fans were excellent as well um, don't think there were any trouble or anything like that it just seemed like a really good game of football and a really good atmosphere but yeah you can tell the players love it um, and it, it sort of it seems sincere as well. I know some you, you see the shit tweets where people, you know, fans were class. No, they weren't. But it seems sincere this year because we have been. Um, and it's probably because we've been away for such a long time. But it's also how enjoyable the football is. And I think when we lose games, I don't think the support will diminish at all. Um, so yeah, long may that continue. I believe the coach has sold out on on Saturday. Um, so we'll probably be a couple hundred go down there. I know I'm going. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that already. And obviously we've got a big and or a big week coming up. So it'll be a, you know three good atmospheres, I'm sure. I don't think it can be understated the impact that the manager and the board of directors have had on the football club this summer, um, in terms of increasing the the morale around the club and around the fan base. It's been absolute chalk and cheese from from last season I think and it's really good to see supporters going to games enjoying the games and like from from my own perspective before Covid if I wasn't going I wasn't going to every every game or every away game and I I wasn't overly bothered but I can't go on Saturday and I'm absolutely gutted that I can't go because and because I, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss a second of what's going on at the minute. And that's the biggest compliment that I can pay. It's brought back an excitement to watching Rochdale. Um, League two's evidently a lot more fun than League one, <laughs> but as it, it, it's just really, really good. The players are evidently enjoying their football as well. Um, the atmosphere at the Port Vale game was, was unbelievable. It was just a brilliant day and <laughs> it takes an awful lot for me to to have an all-day session 
um, on an away game. But that's how, that's how good it is at the moment, is that I'm going out to, to karaoke bars till two o'clock in the bloody morning, <laughs> wasting all my money, and it's, it takes an awful lot for that to happen. Um, so, yeah, long, long may this continue. And it's, it's really, really good to watch. And re- regardless of, of what where we finish in the league this season, um, it's just been a, an absolute breath of fresh air. Yeah, I was going to ask a few questions kind of about the general atmosphere at the club at the moment, but I think um, I think you've both kind of hit the nail on the head with those two answers. Um, Chaffee said, regardless of where we finish, so I guess I'll have to ask you, where do you reckon we will finish now based on what you've seen in these first seven or so games? Uh What's the saying? All aboard HMS Piss the League. <laughs> <laughs> you really didn't think I would be saying that after last season, did you? <laughs> um, I, I'll be honest, I, I genuinely think we've got more than enough for a playoff push. I really do. Um, that's not to say that if we don't get in the playoffs, I'll be gutted. Um, because I won't be. This, this season, I said it, I, I'll continue to say it, and I said it in the summer, this season, as long as we retain our football league status is almost a free hit. Um, but yeah, we've got, we, we've got plenty in I've, I've seen so much. And I really do think we've got enough for a, for a, for a playoff push. Right. I'm going to have to ask you the same question. Now I've asked Chaff. Jesus. Um, it's really hard. Cause I think, if Beasley gets injured, I think that sort of spoils us. So if he's out for any period of time, I think we should not struggle. I don't think we're going to be anywhere close to struggling, but I think we it just ruins our game a bit. But if he can stay fit, I said last week, I've not been impressed by anybody yet. So I don't see any reason why we couldn't be, be up there. Um and all the players keep saying promotion. When anybody ever signs, they're saying they want to go up. So if everyone stays fit, we'll be top three. Right, Luke. Chaff's gone playoffs. Rye's gone top three. Are you going to finish it off and say we're going to win the league? Or <laughs> no, I'm going to say I'm going to say playoffs. Um, we're speaking at a time where we're, we're banging form and. Um, I think it's a long old season in League 2 and they're going to have challenges and one of them might be certain players getting injured. Um, I think if you take O'Connor or Beasley out, um, I think it's going to have a big impact on us. But um, I do think we've got enough about us to get into the playoffs and I'm buzzing enough to say that because rewind a month or so ago um, and, you know, I think a season would have been deemed a good one in, in my opinion and uh, you know fast forward a few weeks and we're, we're kind of talking about you know challenging uh, for promotion which is great um, at the same time there is more to come so if we did stay in Drickery I think there's a hell of a lot more to come we've not seen Kelly yet we've not seen Grant yet you know we've not seen a lot of Cashman yet we've just seen him come off the bench so we've got quality in and out in, in and on the bench um, which is definitely exciting and I just think you know, there are going to be ups and downs and there is an experience in the team and uh, for me, that's why I'm saying playoffs over um, automatics. You two are boring. We're going to win the league. Um, yeah. We'll finish off We'll finish off with our game um, now because I think, Luke, you're probably looking like a 90-year-old man. You've been in that jacuzzi or whatever it is for that long. So, um, it's Mansfield, as you mentioned, this Saturday and I've picked out a 4-0 win that Dale enjoyed at Field Mill uh, towards the back end of the 2007-2008 centenary season. It was a win that, that Dale desperately needed at the time. They'd gone five. They'd lost five of the last six um, before thumping um, the Stags to, to get the playoff push back on track. So our winner last week wasn't Chaff, was it? Who was it? It was Rye. Okay, so Rye, you can go first. Uh, I'm looking for anyone from Dale's squad for that 4-0 win at Field Mill on the 8th of March, 2008. Rory McArdle. Yep, that's correct. Jaff? Uh, TK? Yep. Stanton? Yep, that's correct. Ramsden? Correct. 
Alfie. Correct. Scored. Jonah. Correct. Scored two. Rundle. Correct. Did he Perkins. Correct. Agus. No, no, Dag- no, Dagnall, I'm afraid. <laughs> I feel like you're so lucky at this game because every time you say a player that's always like in the squad but obviously injured at the time. I agree, man. Tommy Lee? No, Tommy Lee wasn't in goal. It must have been just before he came along. So, Chaff, I'll give you... I mean, you get the win, but um, have you got any others that you might want to throw out before, before I read out the team? Um, well, the fact that it wasn't Tommy Lee's throwing me a little bit because I was going to say him. Um, James Spencer. It'd been Spencer, wasn't it? In net. Um, James Spencer. Ben Muirhead as well. Did he play? Yeah, Muirhead came off the bench. Just Um, pissing the jacuzzi, so I've got to get out (laughs) of (laughs) it. Wow. What a guy. That's that's definitely staying in. I'm, I'm, lads, I'm, lads, I'm off. Lads, I'm <laughs> off. I'm going. <laughs> See you later. All right, we'll call it a day there. Uh, all that's left for me to say is thanks very much for joining me, Chaff. Yeah, nice one. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Luke. Cheers, pal. And cheers, right. Nice one, Dave. Catch you all next time. Off the deal. in the jacuzzi so I've got to get out of <laughs> wow what a guy <laughs> that's that's definitely staying in I'm, I'm, lads, I'm, lads I'm off lads I'm <laughs> off I'm going <laughs> see you later